0: Folks, the Winnipeg Jets have just wrapped up a 5 to 2 victory over the Anaheim Ducks despite a slow start. The Jets took care of business, although getting to that point did take a little bit of labor and I'm sure Rick Bonus probably won't be a, ha- you know, 100% happy with the team's performance. Uh, his postgame comments were a little bit charged, but we'll dive into what the Jets did well, what they really struggled with, and what there is to look forward to ahead of uh, Tuesday's match against the Florida Panthers and Paul Maurice's return to Winnipeg. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. you locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like cheering, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, like I said, uh, we're going to be taking a look at the, the Winnipeg Jets game against the Anaheim Ducks. They were looking for a big bounce back response after a pretty lackluster loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And honestly, for the first period of this game, you'd be forgiven for wondering if the Jets actually got the memo as to having a uh, a big answer from what was a pretty gross loss uh, over, um, you know, Friday's game. You'd think the Jets had maybe not gotten the message from the coaching staff. Maybe they just weren't really ready because the first period, the Jets were outmatched by the Ducks in almost everything. Whether it was um, zone exits, puck possession, puck recoveries, scoring attempts. I mean, just about everything the Jets could really struggle with, they did. The only person who really showed up was Connor Hellebuck. Unfortunately, even he wasn't perfect. There was a rebound that ended up falling to uh, a duck stick, and you know, first period, Jets really should not have been conceding to this uh, Jets really shouldn't be have been conceding to this Ducks team. They find themselves down one nothing, and they were just getting outworked and out pressured. Which you know, Bones, he, I think, is a guy who's not really going to mince words with this team. And I think he was probably pretty pissed at watching, you know, that that first period really fall apart for Winnipeg. But, you know, after that, the Jets started to wake up in the second period, started getting a little bit of steam. Unfortunately, it didn't quite kick off with the uh, the best of events. You know, Dylan Sandberg had a bit of a missed handle at his own blue line or at the opposing blue line. And all of a sudden, Brett Leeson is able to steal it, breaks down the ice alone in on goal and scores to make it two nothing Anaheim, which Not exactly the most ideal start to the second period, but not long after that, uh, the Jets had a little bit of fortune go their way. A nice crashing combo of uh, Menelainen and Lowry. Uh, That line had been doing some really good forechecking work, along with uh, Morgan Barron. And you know they cash in on a great rebound opportunity. Saku just sort of you know puts one away down low. That's what we like to see. Um, You know this line has been. Changed over a few times, a couple of different alterations to some of the wings, but Manalinen and Lowry have generally played a lot together. Maybe their their other winger on the right side changes, but these two have been doing a lot of the forechecking checking work. Now, with Manaline and I have to be honest, like his performance in and out of games has been a little bit, I would say, uneven. There are parts that I really like with him, and it, it kind of comes down to his forechecking skill. He's a very physical presence, but in terms of like puck management and actually having, you know, active contributions. Um, whether it's offensively or otherwise, we just haven't really seen it consistently from him. And so I was wondering at some point, you know, does he get benched in the near future? Because for as much as the Jets have a lot of depth forwards, I felt like he probably wasn't doing enough to maintain a longer-term role with his team. Uh, You know, Jansen Harkins has reasserted himself as a guy who probably deserves to be playing for the Jets. Um, Axel Jansen Fialbi is another guy who I think does very good work in a depth role. And so Manilainen really needed to prove himself and show kind of like the Chicago game that he's got value in scoring ability beyond just being somebody who hits a lot. So Manilainen, you know, good to see him finally regaining a little bit of form. I think the question is, you know, is he able to, gonna is he going to be able to replicate this throughout the rest of the season? It's been pretty uneven for him so far, but you know, it'd be nice if he could actually contribute a little more regularly There's a skill set there that I think definitely works for the Jets. It's just whether he can actually do it on a game by game basis. Early sampling size, not ideal, but, you know, hopefully throughout the rest of the year, he shows that he really does deserve to be a starting member of the team. There's a lot of competition for his spot, and I'm sure a lot of the guys who have been benched recently would love to get a crack at that spot and, you know, maybe get a chance to secure their own role with this team. Now, uh, we also had a a great, <laughs> nice little first NHL goal that almost was uh, reviewed and, and called off. This one is for Dylan Sandberg. Uh, there was some question about this shot because he let it go from the left side point, which is pretty far away, just sort of lobbed one towards the net. And there were a number of high jet sticks above the, uh, above the crossbar that, you know, from a distance, you really wouldn't be able to tell if it really was above the crossbar, but um, I don't know if Anaheim challenged this or if there was an official review, I don't recall, but either way, the goal for me, I really had to stand because I didn't think that there was conclusive evidence that a, the puck was deflected and b that even if it was deflected, the stick that it touched was clearly over the crossbar. I don't think you could tell that from the footage at all. I don't think that there were likely any angles or, or footage cameras that really would have showed this. So I think this was a good goal. Congrats to Dylan on his very first. I'm sure that is a uh, relieving feeling, especially after the Leeson mistake, which I think he probably wasn't going to be happy about. Uh, the past couple of weeks haven't exactly been the best for Sandberg. You know, he's had some solid games alongside Schmidt. Every now and then again, though, you see the some of the rookie mistakes and things, stuff that Logan Stanley, we used to have issues with him doing the same stuff. Uh, but Sandberg otherwise has usually been quiet and controlled. So, just nice to see him um, bagging his first, and hopefully this gives him some confidence, and maybe he contributes a little more offensively. He showed stuff at times in college where he was you know, a solid two-way attacking defender, somebody who's got a, a solid shot. Didn't use it a lot, uh, and I don't think he's really used it a lot with the Jets, but hey, you never know. Maybe he'll find himself on the score sheet a little a little more frequently in the future. Either way, though, you know, your first is the one that you'll always remember, and it really could not have come at a better time to tie the game 2-2. Now, third period, it kind of went from looking down and out, out of this game to finally rallying and restoring what should have been rightfully a lead. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Athletic Greens. Those of you who have been listening to this podcast have probably heard me talk about Athletic Greens before. If this is your first time, our our next partner, Athletic Greens, has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I was looking for a boost to my immune system, something to get me going in the day, and something to help fortify me during the upcoming winter months when we have lots of things like the flu, COVID, and all sorts of other nasty bacteria all floating around out there. If you're wondering what AG1 from Athletic Greens is, it's a delicious scoop that gives you 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens all mixed into a cup of water. It really couldn't be easier to take, and you know what? There's a lot of reasons you should be considering it. For one thing, it's a lot cheaper than most of your other cold brew habits. You know, for less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health, and you know what? With all of the other stuff that you usually are used to taking and drinking, AG1 has a better solution with very few extra chemicals. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals. You know They, they skip all the artificial stuff, and they want to make it so that it's keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, and gluten-free friendly so that no matter what sort of dietary sensitivity or dietary plan you're on, AG1 has your back. They've also got some really great uh, vitamins and minerals, and it helps you reduce the number of pills and things that you're taking. And with over 7,000 five-star reviews, You really can't go wrong with one of the easiest micro habits and changes you can make to your daily lifestyle. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and to arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of AG1 in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends. Thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day. Welcome back to Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We're just talking about Winnipeg versus Anaheim in what was a um, a pretty close game. Obviously, you know, the Jets started off a little bit on the slow side. And then as the game started wearing on, the Jets really started pulling away more so in the second half than in the first. Uh, Winnipeg exited the second period tied 2-2. And then the third period happened and things started to break open a little bit more and the Jets found themselves on the right side of the score sheet. Before we talk about what went well for the Jets, though, just wanted to recommend that you make your second listen of the day, Locked On Sports Today. It brings you the games that matter and the biggest stories in sports and helps you go behind the scoreboards and behind the scenes for both with our local experts who provide insights that only Locked On can give you. Be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked On Sports Today on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. As always, it is free to do so, so do so right now, because as always, we really love and appreciate your support. Now, for the Jets, you know, after that first and second period, a bit of an uneven start. Uh, Eventually, though, by the third period, the Jets are starting to roll. They're creating lots of scoring chances. Uh, They're really peppering the Ducks goalie. And, you know, Stellars had done a decent job up until this point. But at some level, you know, you kind of knew that the Jets are probably ready to take over the game. And that kind of kicked off towards the end, last five minutes or so, with the third line again, Barron, Lowry, and Menelainen cashing in. Uh, Barron scored, a, you know, another greasy goal. Really, you're not looking for pretty stuff here. Um, but what was actually really pretty about this was the setup. Man of London had a great chip pass to Lowry, who then held onto it for a moment and then dropped it back across the slot for a uh, easy tap in for Barron. I think this is the kind of stuff that, you know, the Jets don't have a lot of from their depth players. But in this case, it's nice to see that everyone was factoring in. I would probably say that this is Manilainen's best play. And uh, that initial pass to Lowry was phenomenal. Um, so more of that, please. You know, Manaline and I've heard from other folks when he was playing in Carolina and stuff that he was a really nice utility depth player and somebody who brought, you know, considerable skill into a, a more limited deployment. So if he can do that more frequently, I'd be thrilled. I think it's something that I've been asking for from him for a while. And, uh, you know, if he can do that on a regular basis, I've got zero complaints about him remaining in the lineup. We also had a goal from Mark Shifley. This one was very pretty. It was a beautiful snipe. He just sort of held on to the puck uh, coming down the left flank. He made it look like he was looking for the cross-slot pass and then just sort of, you know, cut inside a little bit, took the angle and picked the far right corner over Stellar's shoulder. Never really had a chance and just like that, you know, the Jets are up 4-2 and, you know, uh, you know, right before the end of the game, they added a fifth goal thanks to the power play. With Nate Schmidt just sort of wristing one from the top of the point, you know, right down the center of the ice. I don't even know if it touched anyone on Anaheim's side. Certainly didn't touch any Jets players. So uh, no matter what, it was credited to Schmidt. Beautiful goal. And, you know, quietly, Morrissey adding his 21st assist. Man, he's just racking him up. Seriously, a point per game player. Um, We also saw Connor having a couple of assists in this game. And in KFC, even though he's not really scoring a lot, He's at least still contributing offensively, which is good to see. Now, there is one other player that I think is probably worth spotlighting because he actually got a promotion up the lineup, and that is Mikey Isamont. Isamont got uh, paired with Connor and Dubois, which is very interesting because Isamont, you know, traditionally is one of those players who I think has a really strong forechecking checking presence, but he's also shown that stuff like passing and offensive positioning uh, and doing the work to create offensive space whether it's along the walls or anywhere kind of in the perimeter, he's very happy to to do that sort of stuff. And he does it well. And I think this promotion to the top six is certainly, you know, warranted. I think he deserves it. Unfortunately, Gagne got dropped to like the fourth line, but it is what it is. Sam, I think can provide value just about anywhere. And, you know, David Gustafson was starting to get more shifts, especially late in the game with the lead. So, by extension, Gagne could probably, you know, see his ice time uptick so long as the Jets are doing well, and I think he has the ability to kind of add further scoring depth and maybe be the the extra level of skill that Gustason needs to be even more effective and impactful. But you know, as far as like is concerned, I think he did a really good job of being that supporting role. Connor and Dubois always need that physical, you know, forechecking presence who can also have some defensive acumen, and I think Isomont does that well. But he also has pretty good distribution skill, and he has the instincts to know where to be at the right time, which I think is really understated. It's something that I think a lot of people maybe miss when it comes to talking about stuff like chemistry, right? Expecting your line mates to be in the right place, knowing where they're going to, uh, you know, pop up and and be there at the right time. I think Isamont does all that. I think he checks off the boxes and I think he had a pretty solid outing all told. So congrats to Mikey and hope that he starts cashing in and secures his spot for Maybe, you know, the the top six for the remainder of the year, we will kind of wait to see if he um really shows off that extra level of, of, of scoring ability that you'd usually like your top six to have. But at least for balancing the lineup and stuff, this could help the Jets out a lot. Now, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the other stuff that I think might not be as great and also talk about what the Jets should be concerned about heading into a very big game against the Florida Panthers on Tuesday, which will wrap up their current homestand. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at betonline.net. Betonline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season. No matter what you're looking for, whether it's amateur or professional sports, they've got you covered. They cover everything from football to basketball, soccer, e-sports, automotive racing, horse racing, when the triple crown rolls around, all of that good stuff they've got you covered for. But if you're also looking for some non-sports stuff, they have got Vegas Casino Games, Maybe you'd like to take a break and, you know, hit up some slots or something. They've got you covered there as well. And if you also want stuff that's not even betting related, but is still sports related, they've also got sports podcasts, news articles and analysis so that you always stay plugged into your favorite sport no matter what you're up to. If you're ready to get started and uh, start cashing in on some of your sports expertise, be sure to register for a free account right now at BetOnline.net on your laptop or mobile device because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are just wrapping up real quick with some thoughts on what the Jets maybe didn't do so well against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, I think the main thing, of course, is the the very slow first uh, period. That just wasn't an acceptable start. And, you know, Bones really didn't mince any words. He said, I'm not here to babysit these guys. They're grown professionals. They can't be starting like this and putting us on the back foot immediately. So, You know, he was pretty pissed about it. And I I think he's right to be pissed. I mean, we've seen this Jets team steamroll really good opponents and bad teams in equal measure. We've seen them also have really bad games and slow starts where it just seems like they're not really with it all the time. And as a, a guy who, you know, in the coaching world really sees himself as like a like a parental figure and somebody who wants to be a motivator. I think that sort of thing pisses bones off. He wants players to have a lot of engagement and accountability, and I think he just didn't really see enough of that in the first period. So I don't know what he said in the second period, but the team roared to life after that and kind of remembered, yeah, we're playing the Ducks. They've only got six wins on the season. They did not want to be the seventh. So it's good to see that they can rally back even from their own mistakes and and issues. Uh, Would be nice if they could do it a little more frequently and a little bit quicker, but you know what? A win is a win. The Jets kind of, you know, piece things together, and that takes them into a very big matchup against their old coach in Paul Maurice. Now, the the Florida Panthers are kind of in a funny spot, right? Because they haven't really won a ton of games. A lot of the fan base is unhappy with Maurice. And if we're being quite honest, not everything that's happening in Florida is actually Maurice's fault. In fact, you know when it looks uh, when you take a look at the underlying numbers for this team and expected goals, scoring chances created, uh, some of the defensive numbers that they've put out, you're not really seeing a lot of issues. I mean, they're top ten in most statistical categories. The offense looks like it's still clicking. There's good balance in the lineup. I mean, cap wise, they might have some issues once players like Duclair come back and stuff, but. In general, like the 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 Panthers are playing good hockey, so what's the problem? Well, it's kind of the one position that the coaches really don't have a lot of control over, and that's the net. Uh, uh It's um, what's this guy's name? Uh, is it Spencer Knight or Jared Knight, something like that? And um, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky, that that combo really hasn't been doing super well. Uh, Knight, I think, is on the younger side. I mean, he's a recent prospect who's trying to get himself. Uh, you know, and, and really earn that that backup spot. But Bobrovsky's a long term starter, and we know that past couple of years, he hasn't really been living up to the contract. So if the goaltending doesn't improve in some capacity for this Panthers team, they're going to have a really rough second half of the season. You know, already at the quarter point, they're sort of in the middle of the pack in these standings for the or for the Atlantic Division. So I don't think that they're really happy about that. They've had some injuries that have kind of held them back a bit as well. But on the whole, you know, I, I think some of the stuff and some of the reactions are probably a little bit overblown. But by the same token, a lot of us Jets fans, we all sat through the Maurice years. We all kind of saw how frustrating it was for the team to not really change. So maybe Karma's kind of catching up and stuff for what was a, yeah, essentially like seven or eight years of Jets mediocrity. And now when the, uh, the, the Panthers are fine, finally playing well against or under uh, Maurice's guidance, you know, it's still not working out. So we'll see how the jets handle. I mean, this team is going to be kind of pissed and I think they are going to be extra motivated to win, especially against, you know, bones and the new coaching staff. I think the Panthers don't really have a lot to prove. I mean, they've already been a a real playoff contender for a couple of years now, but I think the jets have to worry about their speed and skill and whether or not the Panthers are are going to rip through this defensive structure for the jets, which has shown to be pretty vulnerable at times. And, uh, you know, Hopefully the Jets can also be careful with penalties because we all know that the PK for this Jets team isn't always 100%. But I am going to predict a 4-3 win for the Jets in overtime. Let me know what your predictions are. Drop them in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for lo- uh, for listening and making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. For your next listen, be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It features the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and our famous take of the day. It's available on Odyssey, YouTube, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.